You're listening to Episode 3 of Public Ice with your hosts, Chris Resendiz and Dave Kleinberg. All right, thank you for joining Public Ice. Uh, my name's Chris Resendiz. And I'm Dave Kleinberg. How's everyone doing tonight? Chris, how you doing? Excellent, excellent. It's a little bored, a little little tired of being in my home, but but excellent. How, are, how about yourself, Dave? Well, we went to the beach today and it was raining and cold, but at least we got outside and uh, no one was there, so we kept our social distance of 10,000 feet. Nice, nice. Which beach did you guys attend? Uh, Westport. Westport, all right. uh, Horseneck Beach, and uh, just walked around for about eight minutes while, uh, um, you know, while it was nice and raining and cold, and uh, then we just took a nice, slow, leisurely drive back home. Nice, nice. Well, at least you got outside and actually got to get to see some people. So that, that sounds like an eventful day. Yeah, so it, very eventful. Exactly. I was going to say, there's a lot of topics that are that are happening in the world right now, but uh, it seems like uh, youth sports are a little paused right now, which which means we've got more time on our hands than we really want know what to do with. They are, they are getting paused, but yes. uh, hopefully in the next uh, few weeks, we'll be back on track and our kids will be skating and playing games and doing what they do exactly i'd like less time to think about it and actually more time watching um i didn't realize how much you always have those first two weeks after the hockey season that you're like oh thank goodness it's over but then you start to get bored again and uh right now i would say that those two weeks are up and i'm ready for them to start playing again and i know one thing you always have is even though the hockey season ends you you know your kid does lacrosse or baseball so you, you've always got something now there's nothing <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Although I did, I, you're going to laugh at this. I did play one on one basketball with him yesterday, and my calves and legs still hurt. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to happen. I mean, and at, at this point, though, you know, we have a few weeks to, to get back in shape. I did go running yesterday, so that was uh, exciting, and I did have to take a couple Advil last night. <laughs> it sucks getting old. It does. It does. Uh, yes. So, well, well, hey, let's go ahead and get started today. We got a lot of topics to go over. Um, one of the things I want to start off with the youth hockey is I saw something on uh, on the ice hockey D board again uh, that was pretty interesting. There's a Boston Imperials panel for the 2008 2007 birth years uh, with a lot of high power people talking about um, uh, basically steps to get to the next level. So for um, for individuals in the 2008 2007 year, there's a webinar. Um, there's a lot of players like Sean Mc, Mc I, I always say this wrong. McEachern. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Sean yeah, McEachern. No um, Lindsey Berman from Northeast assistant coach, Scott Fitzgerald. So there's, there's a quite a few, pan, it's, it's going to be a webinar. I know they're only hosting uh, 250 seats for it, but it's, if your kid is in that 2007, 2008 year, uh, might be a great opportunity for you to learn about next steps of how they get into prep school, uh, how, what D1 coaches look at and so forth and so on. Uh, looks to be a, a pretty interesting, uh, standing. Yeah, definitely. So, um, have, is this the first webinar that you've heard of or uh, so far I've, I've seen a few coaches, uh, like we had kind of discussed, uh, in our last episode, Dave, uh, a few coaches starting to do some virtual, uh, training. Uh, but this is the first one I, I actually attended a webinar, uh, not a webinar, actually an in-person before this whole, um, before the whole COVID-19 hit, but, uh, it was very similar to this. It was very eye-opening and interesting for kids in our birth year. Um, just because they kind of laid it out for you. And you had a lot of the U16 coaches, and then you had uh, college coaches explain to you exactly what their process was in picking kids. So it was very interesting. But this is the first webinar I've seen like this so far. I'm sure some more will, will come, especially as we get closer to the season. 
but um, but yeah, this is the first one I've seen so far. Great idea. Yeah, definitely. And what and what kind of things are they going to talk about? Does it? Uh, do they say? Yeah, yeah. It's basically they're going to talk about everything going forward because the Pee Wee Major year is realistically when things start to change. Uh, you start to go into your Bantam year, hitting happens, uh, and then the whole dynamic of hockey changes because you have a lot of uh, equalization. So all those kids and mites who were a little slower or maybe couldn't keep up, a lot of those all of a sudden start to, to equalize and equal the bigger the kids that were faster and so forth. You still have a separation, um, but as anything happens, it's uh, the cream always rises to the top, but it's interesting where kids come from. So they're basically going to go over – they're going to have an opening remarks, um, do panelists inter- inter- introductions, do a moderated panel basically of, of steps to take. So what to do for prep schools, what to do from prep school to um, to juniors, what to do from juniors to D1, uh, and then taking questions from the audience. Because there's a lot of questions from parents. They, they're not sure what next steps are. So it should be a great information-packed uh, evening. Are you going to try to attend? Uh, yeah, I actually registered this morning. So I, I've now I recently have gone through a few of these, so I, I kind of know, but I may give up my spot to someone else uh, if it comes closer and they, they get booked. But um, but yeah, it, it's definitely it's never bad to hear other people's opinions. Yeah, it does look like uh, they've got some uh, interesting uh, panelists. Um, you, you do have some coaches um, and uh, a couple scouts. Uh, so definitely, yeah, definitely be be interesting to hear what they have to say. Um, not a lot of information though on uh, on what they're what they're going to provide yet. So I'm trying to figure figure out if it, it's really just about the successful development of a hockey player. So really, it's just information. Yeah, it's just information. Ultimately, with the with the panel that they have, um, as I can explain to you, kind of what they're going to go over is is your first step going from bantams into your your last year of youth hockey is bantams. Uh, after that, you start to go into high school hockey, and then you separate going into prep school, um, and and then from prep school you go to juniors, and then from juniors you go to D one, like like D one, D three, and so forth and so on. And what they're going to go over is that process, how prep school kids are, are chosen, um, so forth and so on. Some prep schools will tell you that, that they like more senior kids because they're already kind of gone through the process. Other prep school coach would tell you that they, you want to get there early so they can build you with the team. Uh, but again, it's, it's navigating those processes going forward because now it no longer becomes youth hockey. It becomes adult hockey. Um, you, young adult hockey, but still, nonetheless, becomes adult hockey. So... And speaking of that, um, the AYHL is still on hold for their tryouts. So no one knows exactly what's going on from a team perspective down in the AYHL yet because uh, this has kind of caused all that pausing with uh, COVID-19. They're still paused. So there's a lot of parents that have been reaching out to me that don't know if they're on the team yet, that think they are. They've talked to the coach, but there's still decisions being made. So it's just kind of interesting to get some of those phone calls, Dave. Now, I know that uh, the AYHL is that – what does AYHL stand for? It's the Atlantic Youth Hockey League. Um, It's teams that are primarily um, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, all the way down to I think the most southern point is probably D.C. Um, And they're they're just the the mid-Atlantic kind of conference. So – They've got uh, two divisions in their, their league. They have the Nationals and the American, and the National side is the, the better of the two. Um, and last year, I know at the 2008 level, the New Jersey Avalanche won it. Uh, they beat the Long Island Gulls in the playoffs. 
or in the championship. I think it was four to three. So, but that's that's what the IAYHL is now. In the EHF, I'm, I'm hearing there's there's player movement, but um, everyone's kind of done everything between behind closed doors uh, because tryouts got canceled and so forth. But everyone could have their team picked. So, which I'm sure will happen in the AYHL, and they'll make an exception. But right now, there's still a lot of parents that are worried. Now, it's interesting. I'm looking at the names of these teams, and they all seem to have NHL names. Are, are they affiliated with the um, with the like? You, you have the Washington Little Caps. Uh, yeah. You've got. Let's see. What is this logo? The Wilkesbury Bar Scranton Knights. I know that's the Penguins in in Wilkesbury Bar Scranton. So I don't know why they're choosing that. Um, you've got the, you have, it looks like you have two Flyers teams. You have the little yep. Flyers and the junior Flyers and the junior Flyers. I guess yep. the Flyers are so big. They get two teams. That's true. Um, yeah. You get the, the, the De- New Jersey devils youth. Now I know in North Attleboro, they also have the devils, but I guess that's a different, different, uh, program altogether. So this yeah. is the New Jersey devils. Yep. The, um, the North Attleboro devils is the devils are a town team. Um, gotcha. And then the um, New Jersey Devils are an AYHL team, but but no, they're they're about as related as my son's baseball team is to the LA Dodgers. <laughs> so he, he plays for the Franklin Dodgers. So yeah, they're, they're affiliation the affiliation is, is they, they don't they, really have to design their own logo. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now I don't think there's some licensing issues in regards to that. I'm sure the logo's a little changed, but yeah, ultimately it's it's to make the kids feel like they're playing a bigger bigger. Uh, than they really are. But the affiliation is really to kind of drive them in. Now, it's interesting because I think like in Europe, when you have the actual teams, there is a real affiliation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you have those as as they get older, there is still affiliations for them. Uh, like even in the EHF, there's the um, Boston Junior Eagles are do usually comprise a lot of uh, BC guys. So so you have some of those affiliations. And then the Boston Terriers. Terriers, are yeah. Yeah, or loosely filler with BU. Yeah, because usually it's pretty much the um, the folks that own the program may have played for BU or something like that. Yep, completely, completely. And as they get older and that they get start to go to the juniors levels, there's a loose affiliation. But yeah, it's still not it's still not as as what you would expect. Interesting. It's 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 we'd have. To, I think that's an you know for next show what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, start going out to the. Uh, to different programs all across the uh, country and and see how many um, teams are, are affiliated or, or look like they're affiliated, different programs. So um, if we go to the West Coast, do we have like a lot of Kings teams? And no, Vegas actually, Knights? well, it's funny you say that, Dave, because a lot in a lot of other places in the country, you don't. Like uh, we'll, to use, we'll use the Midwest as a prime example. You have organizations like Honeybaked. Well, that's because Honeybaked sponsors them. Uh, Little Caesars, because Little Caesars sponsors them. So you have different models in different areas um, where even in, um, in, in Minnesota, it's all based off the town. They still do use loose affiliations with uh, the pro teams, but ultimately it's realistically the town. So, And the interesting thing is the guy who owns Little Caesars, I believe, is the owner of the, um, of the Red Wings. That is correct. So, yep. so that, <laughs> surprising that he's using Caesars and not uh, the, the Little Red Wings. Well, because it's a corporate, uh, it's corporately funded. So it's a, that's a, f- a true scholarship team. I mean, you still have to pay uh, tuition fees, but realistically they're all, they're corporately funded. So they use them as tax write-offs to, to basically provide kid youth sports. Same thing with Honeybaked, same thing with CompuWare. 
Um, I think there's Honeybake CompuWare. There's Victory Honda. Um, that's how yeah. teams are kind of built. So now, like CompuWare and CompuWare um, actually owns the Hurric- the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. Um, there was a big competition between the owner of CompuWare and the the Ilyich family, I believe it is, who owns Caesar, Little Caesars. And so, you know, friendly competition. So he went out and bought the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, um, nice. the, the owner of CompuWare. Nice. Nice. Um, whether, I don't know if he still owns it or not anymore. And I know the Ilyich family, um, a little bit of change, but I think they still own, uh, still own the... Uh, the, the Red Wings. Um, so yeah, so that's interesting. We should definitely take a look at that and start. We should put together a little map of of all the team names and exactly. uh, how how many Flyers team. Well, Flyers I think would probably definitely stay with within the Philadelphia range, but I bet you there's uh, a lot of teams that have uh, like the Devils. I'm sure um, we should actually. You know, that's a great article that we should push. Have one of our guys, one of our authors, write about on Public Ice. Yeah, definitely. See if there's. Uh, um, Maybe maybe a how many team names of of like like you know baby names? Yeah, <laughs> who exactly. Has... <laughs> so let's let's. I'm going to take a note of that. So the most uh, most team names. Um, I, and, I, uh, I'm going to make a wager and say it's the Rangers or the Bruins that have probably the largest number. Um, yeah, I would say the Rangers definitely. Um, Bruins, I don't know if people like the Bruins. So. They don't, um, but it's amazing how many times you see Bruins, uh, like how many teams are named after the Bruins. It's like you're right in baseball, the Dodgers. Yep, exactly. Like my son plays for the Franklin Dodgers. <laughs> so, pretty uh, interesting. So, but hey, on another topic, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit ago, um, we actually attended a few classes. You know, in our last session, we talked about how some of the coaches are starting to use digital sources uh, to actually start providing uh, personal personalized lessons. Um, my son actually attended one last week. And it was actually pretty interesting. They did a shooting drills and it was, a, he had a lot of fun because he was able to communicate with the coach directly, but then also the six other guys that were on it as well. So it's nice to see that they're actually utilizing technology to start moving that, that, that process in another, another realm. It'll be and interesting to see how we can help them. Where did you find uh, information on that? I actually found it on uh, Facebook, but I know the coach. Uh, gotcha. He runs Bloodline Hockey, and I saw one of his emails come across. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was looking for things for my son to do. And I actually talked to him, um, and he's actually he would like to be affiliated with Public Ice. We're, we've got another conversation to, to have, but but very interesting stuff. So, But he was one of the kind of guys who spearheaded it, and it was, it was interesting. They had some good results last week. No, definitely. So um... – it's you're doing shooting drills. Is this the um, interesting? I'm I'm looking at the the COVID nineteen sucks global hockey camp. Oh yeah, yes, that's the one. <laughs> so we'll put a link to uh, to this uh, to this site now. Um, tell us a little bit about it. How long was it? Uh, it was fifty minutes. So they went through different segments of fifty minutes. He kind of critiqued the kids. Um, so it was, it was interesting. They did like group drills and they, they all shot, they all had an area to shoot. So then he would kind of look at their skills and say, Hey, you need to adjust this and so forth and so on. But it was more about, it was, the kids had a lot of fun. They did some contests and different things like that. He kept them very engaged. So interesting. It looks like, uh, they're doing some, uh, online sessions starting as low as $10 per player. Mm Mm-hmm. So why not? Um, Yeah. 
Very affordable. Looks like um, campers are having fun, getting better and feeling better. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, we have a from one of the parents, it says, this helped so-and-so name redacted uh, out so much mentally. He just laid in bed all day two days ago. Having a schedule put in place by a coach was so helpful. I tried to encourage him to do that, but he was unable to. But a coach setting it up is a whole other category in his brain. He's been a much happier person today. Thank you. We all thank you. So I think, yeah, there's uh, um, that's exciting. Uh, let's see if we can uh, reach out to uh, reach out to the coach. See if we can get uh, maybe get him online um, and uh, see if he can uh, talk about the program. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. I'll I'll reach out to him. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice to see people actually kind of doing that stuff because especially right now, it's a great opportunity to take advantage of those and. And public ice is a, a great avenue to, to help get your broadcast information out. Absolutely. Uh, so in the uh, figure skating world, it's again been a slow week or a slow couple weeks. No one's doing anything. I have seen a couple um, people practicing some stuff, you know, on uh, YouTube videos, but they're pretty much practicing it on uh, inline skates or I saw one kid uh, practicing on a um, razor scooter, their spirals. So what they do is they go forward and then they lift their leg back up into a spiral and, uh, you know, try to hold it. So it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Some, you know, you know, let, you know, basically throw some stuff in the yard and let them, let the yeah. kids design what they, what they want to do themselves. Well, that's, I was going to say that's innovative, um, especially because that's, that's kind of unique. So, uh, that's, that's one thing about kids. They're definitely creative. Now, have you had Anna do any of those um, she practices every night her stretching. So she's got a ballet bar, um, that she uses and she, you know, works, works her legs and, uh, her core and her, you know, she practices her spirals, her stretching. Um, you know, she, it's really something that she needs to do more of the, you know, ideally she's doing it while she's watching TV. Gotcha. Um, has she been doing it? Not as much as she <laughs> Should be, but we're at a point where we don't ask her to do it. You know, we, she needs to, I think at a certain point, the kids need to learn to do it themselves. Yeah, um, to a certain degree, yeah. You know, she she also does karate, but tomorrow they're starting all, she is a black belt in karate. Uh, and tomorrow they're starting the karate school back up, but on Zoom. Oh, nice. Uh, and so she's going to have classes five days a week. Awesome. On, uh, so that will be very helpful um, because I feel like they've kind of lost motivation uh, to, you know, I, well, at least with my kid, she has, you know, she has a schedule that she follows. She is 12 and, you know, every day the schedule is laid out. She knows exactly what she's doing Monday, every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And lately it's been a kind of a free for all. And, yep. um, you know, we don't have that, you know, five o'clock karate or six o'clock skating or what have not. Uh, and so getting back on some resemblance of a schedule, hopefully this, you know, we'll be there starting next week. The school is rotating in some new technologies. Uh, they're going to be using Google classroom. And, um, so we'll, we'll nice. Now, what are your thoughts? And this is just out of my own curiosity, but what are your thoughts on rollerblades? Like, do you have rollerblades for Anna? Do you recommend them? Do you, uh, your skating coaches? No one. I so I one of her coaches. I saw a video of him doing um, 
some uh, double axles. Maybe I can post that online, um, a video of him uh, um, practicing on that. And it's, I don't think it's, it may not be the most helpful thing. Um, they're much heavier. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of danger. Um, you, you know, if you fall on ice, you're, at least there's a little bit of give. Um, you know, so now you have to, you have, do you wear helmet? Do you wear knee pads or elbow pads? So I think, you know, I think the one thing is if she's going to wear knee pads or elbow pads, she might as well just, um, practice the basics, just like keeping her legs in motion, you know, just stroke what's called in figure skating stroking, um, which is just your, your standard, um, skating, you know, crossovers, backwards cross backwards skating backwards crossovers um maybe some spirals but nothing where you have the potential i, I don't believe the jumps are really going to be helpful um, oh, I'm sure. you can practice I'm sure. you can practice jumps off ice a lot of kids do that anna does that and you can practice all the jumps you do on the ice you know just like hockey right you can practice your shooting on the ice or you can practice a shooting a hundred times over off the ice and it's just refining it when you're on the ice and i think the the a lot of the skaters, they just practice most of their stuff off the ice because it's just too expensive to only practice it when you're on the ice. Yeah, no, I was just curious if, like, if you had scouting coaches because it's it's interesting in, in the hockey community. It's it's a little mixed bag. You have you have some skating coaches who don't want the kids on rollerblades, and then other guys who who say yeah, it's not going to matter. Um, and I think the biggest thing they're always talking about is the outside edge because on rollerblades you use your outside edge a lot more than your inside edge. And so it kind of throws off your skating balance when you're actually going back to ice skates. But I've kind of always been under the adage that, listen, if he's skating, he's having fun. It doesn't matter. Like he, he you can adjust there. He, he adjusts his skating stride pretty quickly to whatever, whatever he's currently doing, whether it's rollerblading or ice skating. That's one of the, the lucky abilities he's had. But I was just curious if any, any coaches had actually talked to you about that. Not at all. Uh, okay. But I'm sure as we, um, get into this a little bit more. Um, folks are going to kind of start looking for alternatives. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was curious. It's, it's always interesting to hear the argument, and I'm like, ah, eh, listen. If if he's able to go out and skate, especially at these times with rollerblades. Um, now, I do make Blake wear a helmet and elbow pads. He gets mad at me all the time, but um, it just that you're 100 percent right on the on the road. It's a little bit more. I don't say it's dangerous. You just get, don't get you don't get ice rash. You do get road rash. So that's kind of always the way I say it. So, but yeah, sorry to sorry to cut you off and, and kind of throw you off uh, topic there. Um, I was just more curious than anything else. So, yeah, no, and it's it's um, you know, but it is something I'm thinking about. You know, I might just go buy her a pair. Um, you know, I they do have. I think I mentioned these earlier. They do have some uh, figure skating uh, skates, but it looks like they're sold out. The place that makes them. Yeah, uh, everything's sold out right now. They said no waters for the next 10 days. I mean, I think this was such a outlier of an industry, in, so to speak, where you know not many people were buying freestyle inline skates. Uh, I think that you know maybe in Europe and some other places it was it was a larger activity than in the U.S. Um, and then now everyone has been going to the one place that actually produces them. Exactly. Um, I was going to say, you see the same thing with uh, balancing boards and so forth. I think the, the COVID-19 has been great for certain industries because people are looking to entertain their kids. So I'm sure that they weren't thinking of inline skates before for figure skating, but now they are. 
yeah, so we'll definitely, um, but it's probably, you know, I think if we're in this few more weeks, it might be something worth uh, looking at. Um, or it wouldn't surprise me if some other uh, figure skating companies start producing them. Yep, exactly. Now, now one thing you were mentioning earlier is, uh, is, is the ISU was streaming uh, 2018 championships. Yeah, What's that about? So, so the uh, International Skating Union, um, they are streaming all of their um, the 2018 World Figure Skating Champions and Championships from Milan. Uh, so while this is not live, I believe this is, you know, this is the kind of the time frame of when, um, of when the, uh, the skating would happen, but now they're showcasing this live, uh, to their viewers and on delay. So if you're, if you're looking to see the entire, uh, start to finish of the, pro- of these programs, it's a great opportunity. Um, I don't know, Chris, if you're in. <laughs> they're gonna be watching it, <laughs> but but uh, if uh, if you're looking for something to watch, um, by all means, uh, um, go take a look, and we'll post a link to their YouTube channel. Um, it's actually I, we posted a link on our YouTube channel as well. So uh, if you're interested, um, head over to the Public Ice YouTube channel. Um, but I'm I'm taking a look at uh, you know they they do have. Yeah, it's pretty much just the 2018 that they're pro- uh, that they're promoting. So um, okay. I'm gonna we're gonna take a look at other um, at other areas again. Maybe maybe some of the other championships are going to be posted. Uh, maybe um, in uh, some of the U.S. championships. I know have been on. Um, I think it was NBC and 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 the like. So we'll take a look and post post. Uh, Post links to the videos for everybody, um, and especially if you have your kids skating in any of them, uh, we'll see if um, they're out there. Uh, speaking of videos, it's actually very interesting that same, similar topic, um, but there is a site out there called uh, Jura Synchro, J-U-R-A-S-Y-N-C-H-R-O.com. And it looks like they have started posting uh, the junior and senior programs of a lot of teams, such as um, if you have the Skyliners, the Musketeers from Finland, um, Team Fusion from Spain. Uh, so their freestyle pro, their their free program, and they're they're long and they're short. Uh, the Crystalettes are out there. Uh, Team Elite Junior. So these are the best of you know the the very high level skating teams. Um, who are going to go to the championships. So it would be great to, um, to just kind of take a look. And one of the things that I was toying with, Chris, is uh, maybe Public Ice would like to host um, different routines from the various teams. Uh, now, that the season, now that the season is over, uh, we could host their programs, and not only for the junior teams or the senior teams, but uh, all the way on down to the synchro skills. So um, this would be a great great avenue for teams to get exposure and to um, have their programs highlighted. Interesting. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's something Public Ice usually does, so it, it fits right along with the, the mantra. So we'll post we'll post some information. Again, if you're interested, send an email to uh, info at publicice.com, and we will uh, see if we can get that up there. Um, so... The other thing that was coming out 
uh, in figure skating is a new movie. I'm sure everyone is looking forward to a new movie, uh, especially one that you can't go see now (laughs) in the theaters, but hopefully that changes soon. It's called Life in Synchro, and it's a feature-length documentary about the toughest sport you've never heard of, unless you're here on public ice when you hear us talking about synchronized skating. Uh, So it is um, basically right now it is in um, film festivals, uh, and it's gonna, and they're pushing to ch- get the uh, the sport into the Olympics. Uh, and so, really, it's uh, it's a movie that that uh, reviews the world, the cold, hard world of synchronized ice skating. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it is not on Netflix or on um, any of the streaming channels yet, but it looks like they have. Um, some upcoming screenings, um, and due to the COVID-19, all film festival screenings have been postponed or canceled. So they hope to continue soon, uh, but hopefully they can um, they can get it onto um, a platform, um, maybe um, YouTube or something. Even if they uh, can charge people, um, we're going to put a link to it. There is a, a trailer for the for the film, so. Um, it's a it's a great trailer. It actually won the Best of Fest for the DC Independent Film Festival uh, in 2020. So um, very very interesting. Uh, and so um, I think at that point, that's all the topics that I have. Uh, and then of course we got our first email. So um, this email is from Jeff in Dorchester. Did I pronounce that right, Chris? Yes, that would be correct. <laughs> uh, Jeff was wondering... Dorchester. And I'll, Dorchester. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Since it's about hockey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, and Chris, you can answer. Okay. Uh, my, and my site is a might major year. Your site? And my... my oh, sorry. My son... <laughs> My okay. son. That's better. <laughs> I, I, I got I was seeing I seen the word might and I put site. My no site is this is the Mon major year. No, I'm just kidding. My so from again, here's an email from Jeff in Dorchester. Sorry, Jeff. My <laughs> son is the might major year and plays in the E9 and is dominating. Should he switch to the E EHF? Oh, interesting. Interesting. So he's he's a might major year. He's looking he's he's probably dominating the my major year, and um, he's in E9. the E nine, and which, yeah. which the E nine, um, while they're both good programs, E nine is probably a better development team. Uh, they do a better job of development, where the EHF is more uh, pre-developed kids or or fathers that have D one scholar, you know, that, that are were athletes and can teach their kids uh, or do private lessons. That's an interesting question, Jeff. Uh, realistically, what I would say in regards to that is uh, don't let all the hype of the EHF uh, fool you. Um, it is very much, it is a more competitive league, but you have to f- make the best decision for your kid as, as to where he's at. And, uh, if he's developing at a high level where he's currently, um, I know competition in the nine sometimes can be spotty, sometimes can be, be really good or, or mediocre at times. Um, but they, they do have a tendency to do better jobs with skills and so forth. So, um, it's, it's really, what's the best opportunity for your child is, is the coach where he's at really, truly developing him then I would stay where he's at uh, until you have to make that move. Now, up until your peewee major year or your peewee minor year, 
Um, you can kind of stand the E9 and just let your kid. It's all about puck touches at this point. And one of the mistakes I made um, is I would say that we were chasing a lot of the high-level teams where if I could do it over again, I would tell you that that maintain. Uh, sometimes it's better to have your kid be the best kid on a mediocre team because they get so much more puck touches. And honestly, as a youth, it's all about touching the puck. So I do believe in the ADM model. So, But hopefully that answers this question, Jeff. So um, other than that, I don't really have too much to say about the topic. All right. And if there's any future uh, emails, uh, the uh, email address is info at publicice.com. Hey, and, and... What, to, to kind of go off your topic, Dave, and I apologize for kind of cutting you off there, but uh, one thing I was going to mention is you mentioned the Synchro Skating movie. There is a Way of the Warrior hockey movie coming out as well. It's very similar to that Synchro movie, but we'll, we'll post that on, on Public Ice as well. So go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry to cut you off. No. That's it. I think if you're going to cut me off, we're going to have to end the podcast right about now. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening to Public Ice. We look forward to your emails. Again, info at publicice.com. Uh, my name is Chris Resendiz. And I'm Dave Kleinberg, and uh, see you on the ice.